Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is a daughter of Bishop Dyke Mills and currently pastors the Idiasi branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dyke Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively holding pastors' conferences taking the books of Bishop Dykewood Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for another Sunday. As we come before your word, I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us. May we be changed, oh God. May we be different people because we came to church today. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, have your way. Do what you will do and say what you will say. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Wow. Are you glad to be in church this Sunday? You don't sound like a first love church to me. Why? Small exams that have come to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's a very nice Sunday. And yeah, when you see a star singing on the stage, you should say to yourself, I'll be there. I'll be there. It's not just America and UK and such things you should be desiring. You should desire to excel in the things of God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So, Brother Monday, you are welcome. Hey, are you a pastor yet? Are you a pastor? The what? Choir pastor. Powerful. Put your hands together. The next time we see you when we finish school, we shouldn't be seeing you as a backslidden, unanointed, miserable person. You should have moved ahead. So ask your neighbor, eh, last year, what were you doing? At this year, no, how? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it's a nice Sunday. Amen. We also have together with us this evening, this afternoon, we have another brother. He's in the Bible school now. He's, he will become a pastor soon. He used to be in charge of our UEK campus. Oh, Brother Entry just give us a wave. Powerful. Most of you know that Pastor Paul is with us for a while, but it would still be nice if he waves to us. And Oh, please, we don't like such things. Hallelujah. Amen. And then I also have a very special brother, one of, in fact, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> He used to be my son's classmate, and we have not met for six years because he was in India as a missionary, and then now he's coming direct and hot right from Brazil. So you just want to salute Pastor Emmanuel, please, we need to see you, hallelujah. And, and you see, the nice thing about it is that he too was a student here. What year, what year did you finish, Gra? 2012, wow. So tell your neighbor that, you see, you who you're all, you're thinking is about your kinky and, uh, you know, please push your neighbor and say you must grow beyond that. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. 
Now, next week, Sunday, Pastor Shong has told us already that we are having a major gathering. It's not, we, we, it is not a swollen Sunday. Are you there? We're not using that term, but we are gathering a massive gathering. We're going to pray about our exams. Some of you are maybe starting the prayer today, so you've got to remind me because I understand that some campus, who is starting tomorrow? UEK has starts tomorrow, and then I hear that some KNUST people said that what? Presentation and something. KST is already in it. So we will pray. Amen. But next week, Sunday, most people here, 80% of this church is KNUST, and they have, are starting their exams next week, Monday. So on Sunday, we're having a major, major service. Are you here? Yeah. Oh, are you there? Yeah. And I believe there are some flyers that will be given to you. Everybody, ask your neighbor, are you a body? Are you a body? <laughs> and then ask, do you have a head? Okay, next week when you are coming, you are bringing three people with you. That's all. Yeah, you're bringing three people. That's all. Mm-hmm. You're bringing three people with you. Hallelujah. And today I'm sharing a message entitled, Lord, I know you need somebody. Wow. I know you need somebody. That's why our brother Monday was singing, you can depend on me. Hallelujah. Hey, well, you are quiet already. God has need of you. You are quiet already. Are you there? Or you are surprised? Yeah, many of us, as we come, we feel that we need God, and we are only coming with all kinds of requests. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Lord, I need this one too. But today, I came to tell you that the Lord has need of you. Can you ask your neighbor, please, what is your name? Okay, let your neighbor tell you the name. Then tell your neighbor, mention the name. And say, Kobe, God has need of you. Noretta, God has need of you. I want you to put the name there. Hallelujah. Because some of us, when we look at ourselves, the way we are, we can't believe that God will actually need us. Hey. But it's his choice. Let us read Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. It's one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible. I sought for what? A man among them. God is looking for a person. Point number one, God is looking for a man who will stand between him and man. Hallelujah. Are you there? Hello? Yeah. God is standing between He's asking you to stand between him and somebody else. Because as you know, and as we all know, what is it that makes us or that ties us to God? What brings, gives us the right to come back before him? It is receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. If not, one is spiritually dead. And when you are spiritually dead, the Bible says that God is spirit. In the same way as you and I, no matter how much we love a person, when the person has passed away, we have to do away with that person because the person is dead in spirit, in, in, in the flesh. In the same way, God too, when you are dead in spirit, he cannot fellowship with you. He cannot fellowship with you. There's only one place that a person dead in spirit goes, and that is to hell. And God is saying that I need somebody who will come and stand in the gap so that these people don't have to go to hell. 
That's why I'm asking you to go and bring some two or three people. You see, you are here. You are comfortable in church. We have sat down. We have enjoyed the dances. Did you enjoy their dance today? I've forgotten that song. It's one of my favorites, Charlie. That what? Yeah. I'm, I'm what? I'm anointed. <laughs> I am blessed. Uh-huh. Wow. We have enjoyed it. And even as we're dancing, we're doing some. Then we enjoyed, in fact, before that, we enjoyed praising and worshiping God. In fact, some of you, your mind was not even on God at all. You were just enjoying the singing. Then we enjoyed the film stars as they came. Because you could see yourself. Everybody who was there, you are in somebody's in the church there. Yeah, there's somebody, you are on your phone now, you are going to fail exams. Hey! You remember last week we were talking about those of you who go, you have decided that the, the discussion should be on Sunday. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. And you can see that if God does not help you, so you better get them to change the date, the days. Hey! Are you there or you have traveled? Yeah. And I'm saying to you that God needs you to bring somebody. You are here because somebody came to call you for the most part. That's why you are here. Even this morning, you have been facing them. Never have I seen the church at, as it was at 10.30 this morning, quarter to 11. Usually by 11, it has changed. But this morning, because of exams, they had to work extra hard and talk extra. I almost said extra more. <laughs> and say more just to bring you. And in the same way, I'm saying to you that God is begging you that, look, I'm looking for somebody because I can't accept it that People who are dead in spirit will come here. But I also can't come down and talk myself. So you, Ajwa, you, Kwesi, you, whatever your name is, you come and stand in the middle and bring somebody so that they will be changed. So that they will hear. It's even better when you do the preaching. When you are preaching, the person has given their life to Christ and you say, come, let me take you to where I go. The person will follow you. Hallelujah. Are you here or you have traveled? Yeah. And you are at this time in your life, it is the easiest time to serve God. Yeah. Mm, when I said that God has need of you, some of you were thinking about your sins. But you see, the same strength and power with which you sin, you sin that's also the strength and power with which you can serve God. Uh-huh. Are you in the house or you have traveled? Very soon, you see, when we are after exams and stuff, when we are going to, in fact, not even whenever there's a fast and there's a something, nowadays I have to get some younger person to come and do. And times are changing. Yeah. But you can ask Lady Reverend Humi. Hey, I'll come and I'll say that, Charlie, we are praying 36 hours. As we have started on Friday, we are ending on Saturday. Yeah. And I will lead most of it myself. Cry, but I can see that, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Mm I can see, you see, we don't like to admit it, Auntie Francisca, isn't it? We don't like it, but we can see the difference. <laughs> the church has become very quiet. Yeah, I came from some meetings yesterday. When I got to my said, Charlie, okay, let me take a shower. After that, I can do some prayer. I finish. I said, body must go sleep first and wake up. <laughs> but it didn't used to be like that. Yeah, so we are here for just a short time. Yeah. Today, you are one day closer to your end of your appointment. Oh, it's true. It is appointed unto man once to die. We shall all go. We shall all go. So if you are real, 
You can see it. Amen. And I'm saying to you that when you begin to get older, it is true that some things are no longer a temptation. When you are young, it's a temptation. But you also have the strength to overcome that, tem- that temptation. Solomon was walking around. He said, I won't be like my father. Every girl I like, I'll marry her. Because David had woman issues. Had woman issues. He said, Charlie, I'll not be like my dad. And by the time he woke up, he had married 700 of them. But when he was younger, he was marrying her. But as for God, he was serving God. He was serving God. I, yeah, I know you don't understand, but that's how it was. Amen. The Bible doesn't make any uh, secret of the fact that the patriarchs and all of them married more than one. You are surprised, but you have been reading the Bible. It's only that I can tell you that it was not God's intention. Because when at the, before the fall, he gave Adam only one wife. Uh-huh. This one wife, because Adam fell into all the problems. Oh, but it's true. Who gave him the apple? If you were wise as a man, you would have said that, Charlie, I won't marry again. Because if this is the effect of one woman, rather they married more. And they multiplied their problems. So it was also a reality. But while he was young and strong and he was marrying them, he didn't allow them to change what he believed in God. But as he got older, those women now had strength and power to change his heart. Yeah, and that's how come at the time when he was dying, he was no longer the way he was when he was young. And I'm only saying this, please, don't go and say that when they say that we can marry more than one. You don't have sense. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> hey! <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is that at this time of your life, when you are burning, at this time of your life, when you wonder, you wake up already, the erections are already there. At this time of your life, when your eyes are leaking, at this time of your life, no, it's real. It's real. Uh, you don't like my preaching. Uh, you want me? <laughs> Some of you, you like, you like that kind of preaching that, you know, we're coming to open the Bible and we're just going to read. Please, so here it's not like that. Uh-huh. Here it's not like that. My father, he's very real. And I learned how to be a pastor and a preacher by following him. Very real. That's how it is. And the truth of the matter is that at your age, most of you, that's what you are thinking about. The girls who are virgins are thinking about how and when they will lose it and to who. Oh, yeah. And those... (laughs) And the girls who have already lost it are either thinking I was really a fool or they are thinking that well since I've lost it already it doesn't matter I I can do what I want I can continue that's what's on your mind hallelujah you see and that's why I'm saying to you that at this time when those fires are burning that's also the time when you can bear fruit for God that's when you can really do something yeah hey are you there or you have tribaled Hallelujah. And you see, it makes a lot of difference. The reason why I'm asking you to bring two or three messages, oh, my two or my three, what do I, what? I mean, what does it matter? I want to remind you of Genesis chapter 18. When God was angry, he had had enough of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, I'm going to just clear them. I'm going to burn everything down. And then Abraham took it upon himself to begin to intercede, to stand in the gap between the wrath of God and the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he began to pray, said, God, if we can find 50 people, 
Will you still burn the place? He said, oh, no. Are you here? Then he said, please, continue. Go down. Go down. You can see I'm talking about the prayer. Then he said, okay, what about 40? God said, oh, if I can find 40, I'll be all right. If I can find... This man. <laughs> Are you here? Until in verse 32... He said, Lord, please don't be angry. I'll talk just one more, one more. I'll talk one more. Please, if we can find 10, will you be okay with the place? And God said, for the sake of 10, I will not, if I can find 10 born again people in Solomon and Gomorrah, I won't destroy them because I'm only looking for a man who will stand in the gap. And so Abraham got up and said, let me go. I'm going to look for some people. He knew already Lot was there. Lot's wife was there. Lot's two daughters were there. He had four. He said, all I need is to have a basenta, just six people. One, two, three, four, five, six. And I'll have my ten. And it will be enough. And it will be okay. And the story of Sodom and Gomorrah has come to pass because when Abraham went and he counted, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. No matter what he did, he could only count four. But all he needed was six more. And a whole nation would have been saved. And I'm saying to you that this is our campus here. Or wherever you are living, there. Or you are staying there. Just go and bring two or three people. You say what? You can't bring. God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. Instead of making your face and passing, just talk to them. And you know, if even you know, normally we say, talk to them, don't just invite. But I'm telling you something today. Eh? Rather than being silent, if you are saying, I can't preach, just invite, okay? I'll do the preaching. Just bring me, just do that. Yeah, I'll do the preaching. Hallelujah. Just six more, just because of six more. Yeah. Just six more. And that's why I'm saying to you, you see, after next week, the campus is going into two weeks of exam mode. And then that's it. Some people, as they leave in their final year, that's it. It is equal to certificate to hell. Because they won't listen again. They won't listen again. Again. That's why we are trying to go to the SHS. Because before you become so contaminated, you are a bit more open to God. But as you grow, you become more and more of an adult. That's whenever you are now smart. You are now wise. Everything they say, you say this, you lift yourself up against God. And that's why I'm so desperate to see people saved before they step out into the world. Amen. Are you there? One bacenta would have been enough to save the whole Sodom and Gomorrah. Just one basenta. And next week, I'm not even asking of you for a basenta. I said just three. One, two, three human beings. If you drive a car, just put them in the back of your car. If you are walking, just, just come. Just come. Yeah. yeah. Just come. We keep on saying that we are looking for the church to grow. We are looking. This church, I don't know, maybe you've never heard it before. But to me, I'm saying that 5,000 people must be here. And Pastor Son, if there are 5,000, where will they be? Is it your business? Ah. Did you, are you there? Do you, how do you know? Do you know how you came to be sitting here? Please push your neighbor and say it's not your business. Your business is that. Your only business is to find the people and bring. That's all. That's your only business. Because when I calculate the population of this campus, I go crazy. Yeah, nowadays I don't like, I don't like thinking about it. Last academic year, 45,000. 
45,000 and some additions. Yeah. That's 45. And if you add all the churches together on a Sunday morning, it will not even be 10,000. Will not even be 10,000. That means 30,000. 30,000. Who knew not? Hey, God. Uh, please, I'll be depressed. I don't want to enter. No, are you with me? At least let us do our part. Hey. Number two. God is looking for someone who people can turn to for an answer to their questions in life. Hey. An answer. Job chapter 5 and verse 1. Call now if there be any that will answer thee. And to which of the saints will you turn? The Bible calls those of us who are born again saints. And God is asking here, who will you turn to? Who will answer your question? You are young people, you know the questions that you have. And there are so many people, the reason why they've not given their lives to Christ very often is just because of one question. A question that they need an answer for. But when they look left and they look right, they are getting only African proverbs. Our, our proverbs are nice. They are nice to talk about. Oh, the old man who sits at the bottom of the Oroko tree can see much further than the young man on the top. It's true. But it does not bring you salvation and it does not sort out certain questions. Are you here? God is looking for somebody who will be the person to be there when somebody is looking for an answer to the problem. And as for problems, there are a lot. Are you with me? Yeah. How many of you know that we have a basanta? For those of you who you keep coming but you don't hear things. A basanta is just a ministry, something that we're doing in the church. How many of you know that we have aunties and uncles in the church? How many of you know? See, all of you in the back, your church going is like this, like that. That's why you don't know. Amen. Who are the aunties and uncles? Why are we looking at young people and we are calling them aunties and uncles? Because there was a man called Uncle James. Uncle James used to just go to campuses and he would park on the campus and talk to the young people. And one day, our spiritual father had become a Christian and he asked Uncle James that why, what is the use? Why did Jesus die? And Uncle James taught him, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And that's how he came to understand his salvation, the fruit of which you and I we are here today. There was somebody to answer the question. Somebody to answer. Hallelujah. Some of you, when people come with the questions, you just, you just turn your mind because you don't even know and it even shakes your own faith because you don't know the answer. But I'm saying to you that God is looking for some people. Hallelujah. The scenes of life change. Hey, as I was watching the choir singing here, I was thinking to myself, all oh, these girls, where will they be when the scenes of life change? Hey. Mm. The church is very quiet again. Though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Because life has a way. Life has a way. Even when you have a good marriage. Charlie, do you know the thing that is called pregnancy? Uh, somebody sent me a text that when the person said I'm sick with the pregnancy, I laughed. Uh. <laughs> that is real. She really feels unwell. But whether you are feeling unwell or not, that's how it is. Life continues. Life continues. And you need somebody to tell you. Life continues. Let's keep going. Maybe you're not going as fast as you used to go, but keep going. You need somebody to tell you. Say that, oh, now that I have this baby, I'm so tired, I can't pray. You need somebody who will tell you that, listen, every time you breastfeed, tongues. 
you pray more cry than you prayed before somebody must answer questions ask your neighbor you you what 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 question have you been asking <laughs> hey are you there am i preaching to you this morning and are you hearing please ask your neighbor a question a question that's on your mind see whether your neighbor can answer it for you see whether your neighbor can answer your question and if your neighbor cannot answer tell your neighbor charlie you have to set up you have to shape up yeah you have to shape up <laughs> wow <laughs> hallelujah number three today i'm giving you just seven points and we're out of here god is looking for somebody who will save children who are far from safety and it's Job who tells us this. Job chapter 5, reading from verse 3, 3 and 4. I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I cursed his habitation. His children are far from safety, and they are crushed in the gate. Neither is there any to deliver them. Neither is there any to believe. God is looking for somebody who will rescue little children. Amen. Yeah, the average age of this church is about 22 or 23. Yeah. And there are even younger ones. These days we have the 10-year-olds in the service. 10, 11, 12, 13. And you may be saying that, eh, what is that? Why have you brought such young children? Please, open your eye. Open your eye, oh, over-righteous one. And see what is going on. And understand that the children are having sex at the age of nine. Understand that the homosexuality, that thing begins because their friends are ministering a certain... Allow us. Allow us. And I'm saying to you that the children, look, they are far from safety and they need somebody who just go and rescue them. But as you are sitting here, some of you as you are looking at me, the disasters in your life, is it not because of what happened to you at a point in your life? It's a question. Yeah. It's a question. When your friend was giving you the, the first we that you smoked, which today has become a bondage. There was nobody there to rescue you from safety. There's nobody there to take you into safety. Oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. My son, my first son was 11 years old. The first time somebody tried to recruit him on a bus to smoke weed. But there, he was just blessed that there was a savior on the bus. Because at the age of 11 and 12, you're just kind of curiously. This thing crowded. I've been seeing the people... I mean, I want to just taste it. Not knowing that when you taste, how old were you when you got into pornography? Did you know that? The pornography that you are struggling with up until today, up until today, you are struggling with it. How old were you when you entered? And God is looking for somebody. That's why he says, I need somebody. I need somebody. He needs somebody who will be there. And he will see that when they're about to introduce that child to the... Say, my friend, come on! Yeah. Rescued. Pulled out. Recently, some parents was misbehaving. <laughs> and saying a whole lot of things. You see, these children, you have to leave them together. And I looked at me and I said, 
You don't know where I pulled your daughter out from under some guy. Yeah. We were in a meeting of adults. We were in a meeting of adults and the person was waxing eloquent. And then I gave the example. Only fine protocol did not allow me to tell the person that your daughter that I'm talking about. Because I had to go and remove the guy from the girl from under some guy. Are you there? Come on, clear up. Come on, girl. Wear your dress. Put on your pants. Come on, exit. And the parent was there waxing eloquent and making speeches. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Oh, are you here? Yeah. Many of the young girls, when a guy comes and says, I love you, baby, they are confused. No, they have melted. Those who don't melt are those who, Charlie, they have, uh, they have been melted and they are already... Oh, yeah. Hey. The church has become quiet. Yeah. Are you in the house or you have traveled? Somebody needs to take them to safety. Some of you young men, you are there, you are coming, you are playing instruments, people are looking at you at the end of the Sunday, then they are sending you texts, sending you texts. <laughs> hey! Meanwhile, you don't know that it is a Jezebel who has targeted you. Yeah. In case you don't know, the Bible has a lot to say. And the Bible says that by means of a warish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And you don't know, you don't know that that's a characteristic of a warish woman. And that's why I stand here on the, on the stage and I tell the guys that every woman who chases you, drop her. That's a warish woman on her way. Oh, pastor, you see, it's not like that. Oh, you know, we modern girls, modern my foot. Modern what? My foot. The word of God is the word of God. And God created the man to be the hunter and the woman to be the hunted. And God has not changed his mind. He has not changed it. The reason why you think it's okay for you to chase a man is because of the rubbish you have been watching. Nobody's true. Yeah. It's because of the nonsense you have been watching. Yeah. Some of you, when you are coming to church, your dress cries as the dress of a harlot. But you see, hold on. <laughs> However, sit down. <laughs> but the truth is that you don't know that that is it. You don't know. And that's why, no, we don't normally talk about preaching. We don't preach about your dressing and stuff. But somebody will be looking over you and tell you that, Charlie, child, in this dressing, there's no safety. There's no safety. Yeah. You can see in the West, they are the ones saying that you can dress anyhow, wear anything. But they don't even see that their, look, their rape issues are more than ours. 
more than ours. They're trying to say that, eh, no, but the guy shouldn't know. Whatever you can be saying, be saying, but that's what's happening. And so I would rather rescue you to safety and tell that girl, you know something, we don't, we don't show diamonds like that, okay? Cover your breasts up a little, cover it up. Yeah. Safety, safety. I'll rather tell that young man, listen, this friend of yours eh, is an agent of the devil. You can't see it. Just, just separate. If you separate. No, some of you, I'm talking to somebody now. Your life began to go downhill when you befriended a certain somebody in the church, not outside. I wish I could say that, oh, everybody in church is safe. But you know and I know that is not true. Yeah, the reason it's not true is that we have a devil who is our enemy and he, just like how God doesn't come physically now to deal with us, he works through people. That's how the devil too works through people. And you need to see it. You need to see it. Yeah. You need to see it. Amen. Are you there or you have traveled? Number four, God is looking for a mediator between God and man. Job chapter 9. I'm reading from verse 30 to verse 33. If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch, and my own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any day's man betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. That word, days man, is a mediator. Are you there? A referee. And, the, and, and Job was saying that there's nobody there in the book of Job. There's nobody there to be a mediator. Are you here? Are you there? Yes. We need mediators. We need somebody who will talk for us. Somebody who will even bring the gospel to us. But you see, let me just say something. You may be angry with me for saying it, but, but black people were not like that. Yeah, one of the greatest problems that we have is that we think only of ourselves. You see, when you hear things like this in church, before your righteous anger gets up, sit down. Uh -huh. And use your head. And you will see that there are very few things we prepare for the generation ahead of us. It's coming from the same thing. It's coming from the same thing. Rather, our minds are, I am poor. I don't have. I need. I want. Me, 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 me. Everything. That's how we are. Introspective introspective. I remember our father telling us a story. He went to preach in a certain country in the U.S., in a certain city in the U.S., and the pastor who was introducing him said something very interesting and revealing. The pastor said that, the pastor was a black American. Are you there? Yeah. And he said that these are our brothers who come and fly. And he said, he said, he said to his congregation, we who are there what do they call them? African-Americans, eh? African-Americans. We are the lowest of everything. Our education is the lowest, the lowest salaries, the lowest of everything, the poorest of everything. And then he says that even those who fly from here, they, said they, they, they went by boat. Those who fly <laughs> from here, <laughs> said those who fly from here and go over there, even they are better off. And the reason is because of the constant complaining and the constant reference to somebody's fault. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Eh, they took us away. So we, dear, they are unfair to us. They are not giving us this. You see, you'll be there, sir. 
But the reason why the Ghanaian going there or the Nigerian going there is better off in that sense of the word than a black American is because he doesn't have that mind. When he gets there, it's like, Charlie, has I arrived here? There's cocoa somewhere, Charlie. Let me go and find it and work. Yeah. It's a mind. It's a mind. And it has kept them down. So instead of being, because they, for all their whatever, they are more prosperous than most blacks in the rest of the world. So rather than becoming a blessing to the rest of the world, they, have just, they are just there, sitting and complaining. Sitting and complaining. There are two churches that came up around the same time in the history of the church. Assemblies of God and the church of God in Christ. Church of God in Christ, most of us don't even know where the nearest branch is. I don't even know if they are in Kumase. I don't know if they have how many of us know an AG church somewhere? Assemblies of God. You know an Assemblies of God? Uh-huh. Because the Assemblies of God church had the origins among white people. And they got up and said, let's go and spread the gospel. And they came. And we are here. Church of God and Christ, at the same time, in the same season of church history, had me and you, our brethren, our color. And as usual... Let us solve our problems. Let us solve. Let me tell you something today. Take it as a piece of gold. Don't wait to solve your problems to serve God. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Hmm. The church has become quiet. Yeah. Right now, the gospel is in Africa. But whether we will take it anyway, most people who leave Ghana Africa to go abroad. They are not thinking about gospel. They are thinking, I want to earn some dollars. I want to earn some pounds. I'm looking for a better life for my children. That's all the reason why I came here. That's all. And they are believers. But their mind far from God. Very far. Wow. Tell your neighbor, learn it. It's not because your problems are solved before you start to serve God. Catherine Kuma was one of the foremost healers of her time. All the while she was healing people and bringing people to the Lord, she had a heart condition from which she eventually died years later. If she was waiting to be healed of her heart condition before she started to minister, as she would have done if she was an African like me, the whole thing would not have happened. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not because of lack of problems that we serve God. Hey, those at the back, you not even mind me. Me preaching, yeah, you nah, me preaching. Most of the xenophobia, I don't even know why, why, what you are doing here. Yeah. Hey, are you there? Uh, you are annoyed because of what I'm saying. Your annoyance does not change it. You can be annoyed until your heart even stops. It hasn't changed. It's real. Yeah. People don't like it when we say these things, but it's about time we start to look at ourselves. And before you start giving me sermons about slave trade, it was one of the most evil things upon the earth. But I want to ask you if we have ever stood there to talk about our own people who caught their own people and went to sell them. How come you're only talking about the slave buyer? Talk also about the slave seller. No, are you with me? So if we want to start creating a problem about that, then we're going to have to create the problem about our own ancestors. So don't begin. Don't start at all. Don't start. Take it from here on. On. You are there. You are in the room with two unbelievers. You can't bring them anywhere. You are able to eat with them. 
you're able to watch film with them, but you can't bring them to church. You're able to watch football with them. You're able to have discussions and arguments about the latest league that is happening. <laughs> you're able to eat supper together. You are able to go to the same group meetings. You are able to talk to those same unbelievers to do every single thing you are talking to them about except to bring them to, to church. Shame on you. Shame on you. And But once I find talk to them, they'll be angry. They should be angry. Ah, does it matter? I would rather preach to you so that you are angry. And then tomorrow you remember that. Hmm, maybe oh, what they were saying. But as you are there, you have joined them living like an unbeliever. I pray the next time the Holy Ghost will send an agent to slap you. Oh, it happens so. Look, one, I used to like reading stories of people's conversions. And I remember a gentleman who talked about, he used to beat his wife every day. His wife was a Christian and he was not. And he used to take it out on her. And then finally he had an encounter. He met the Lord and he was a heavy smoker. And he said that after his conversion, after a while, Charlie, one day he began to desire, oh, I need to smoke. So he left it. So he, he was a farmer. He left the, the house and the farm and went to behind his barn to go and smoke. And he says that as he lifted the cigarette to put it in his mouth, a hand slapped him. And <laughs> hey! Tell your neighbor, God knows what will work for you. You see, because this was some big, very booga booga man, and God used booga booga methods. And he said, after that, he never. <laughs> he was cured instantly. Instantly. He never touched it again. <laughs> God knows what will work for you. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Are you there or you're not there? Yeah. Number five God is looking for someone to be a father to the fatherless. Job 29, I'm reading from verse 11. When the ear heard me, then it blessed me. And when the eye saw me, this is Job talking about the good that he used to do. It gave witness to me because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him. Are you there? Hey, many of us, you see, many of you who are here, you don't, you don't have a father. And you don't know what it is to have a father. And that's why you are how you are. Some even have physical fathers, but the father is not functioning as a father. It is your father who rebukes you in a certain way. It's your father who reprimands you in a certain way. How many of you, you remember when you were younger, your mother would say that, I would tell your father. <laughs> the reason is not because your father is stronger. It's because your father has more authority. And he is the one who God gave the authority over the home. And you will see that the nonsense that you will be chilling your mother, you will not chill your father like that if and only if he is a proper father figure. Are you seeing it? And many of you, you are on your way to becoming monsters because you didn't have a father. But when you come into the house of God, then you see that God provides you another father. Another father. Somebody who is able to fulfill that function. Yeah. Me, my father, I didn't beat me many times, but I tell you, the last, I still remember. I still remain. I told him some lies and he caught me. I still remember. Till today, till today. <laughs> I still remember. Are you here? Why? Because that father represents a leader, represents a corrector, represents a guide, represents a helper. 
Hallelujah. And as you do the work that you are supposed to do, some, some of you, you have only become correct because of the church. Because of people who you met in the church who became your leader, corrector, guide, helper. And I'm saying to you that go and bring others. Charlie, somebody should tell that young man to sit up. He should learn that you don't sit like that in church. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Are you here? Yeah. Maybe your father didn't tell you. So your spiritual father is telling you that in church we don't sit like that. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Many, many times when we administer a correction in the church, you see people saying that, hey, hey, the person will be embarrassed. Hey, the person will be this, the person will be that. Listen to you, fatherless child. That's why you are saying what you are saying. If you had a father, you will know that your father, he can even chase you from the end of, okay, that one is the mother's who do it. Chase you from the end of the road. <laughs> yeah. I told you about my friend who went to the jam she shouldn't have gone to and was there when her father came that he's coming for her and she had to pass through back door and land at home before he returned. <laughs> and say, eh, eh. But her father will embarrass her. Be sitting there saying her father will embarrass her. Can't you see how you're almost a monster yourself? No, it's true. Many young people are like monsters these days. Here in Ghana, cry is cool. Abroad where the fathers have been made to abdicate their throne. The children are like animals. No, it's true. You can bring... 25 Ghanaian children and put them here to sit. They will sit. Go and bring 25 children of the same age from over there and put them here. The church service cannot even happen. <laughs> yeah. And it's because the fathers have abdicated them. I mean, they, are, they are there, but you don't know how to tell a person this and that and that. When I was about to get married, I was going to go to school immediately after and I asked my father if I could make my passport in the name of my husband-to-be. He said, no way, it's not happening. I bargained and I argued. He said, never. He said that until you are married. <laughs> so the date on my marriage certificate is different from the date of my church service. <laughs> the church has become quiet. Yeah, I was trying to explain to him, but daddy, the date of the wedding, July 18th, is just three weeks before I leave the country. It's not enough time to do the wedding and then get the marriage certificate and then get the change of name to be able to do it in the name of Bruce. He said, it's not, it's just, it's just not happening. It just ain't happening, you see? My daughter, you see, there are so many people as they're about to marry something, something, and it doesn't happen. It is not real. If you go and do the thing in the name of Bruce now, you are not a Bruce. So I said, hey, so what should I do? Eh. Then, and then God gave us wisdom and I asked him that, okay, so should we go and sign? He said, okay. A marriage certificate is a legal document. Okay, so you people, Patrick should tell his people, we'll go and we'll, so our parents went with us to AMA. We did the 21 days something and we signed so that we could now apply for our passports in the same name. But when you don't have a father, then you wake up and say, hey, I will not do any counseling. I can't do anything. Me, then when I look, I like the guy. I'm just going to move into the guy's house. I'm just going to be there. That's why there's so much brokenheartedness around. Hmm. Hmm. When you look in the Bible, you can't see that you had to do something before you marry a woman. There's a reason. Hallelujah. What time is it, crying? Oh, I'm preaching. <laughs> when you are watching football, you don't say that the, the time has gone too far. Hey! 
The church has become quiet again. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, but are you understanding what I'm saying? And I'm saying to you that by the grace of God, when he brings you into the house of God, a properly working church begins to correct those things and begins, it gives you a father. Me, I have a father. If I have more than one. Eh, yeah. I have a father and I have other fathers. And they can call me any day and say, that thing you are doing, stop. Even as an adult. <laughs> are you there? That's the use of a father. Because sometimes you're about to do something that will hurt you. Sometimes you're about to do something that will confuse you. And it's your father who says, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do it. Stop that rough there. Mothers, our hearts are very, my child, my child. Yeah, it's true. In the north, they have a custom, you know. When people hear it, they frown at the custom. And the custom is that only the man removes grain from the barn, from the, the store, the local store of corn. Only the man, only the father. And all these feminists who don't have head, they will say, hey, what is it? Because all of us are the same. All of us are very equal. Do you know why? Do you want to know why? You want to know why? I should tell you why it's only the man. It is only the man because a time comes in the, in the year when food is a little short. Are you there? So maybe we would have taken out three basins of, uh, what do you call it? Maize to feed the family the two meals in a day. But as it is getting short, the man says that we still have four months to go. Instead of taking out three bowls, I'm taking out one and a half. One and a half. It means that the whole family, we're going to eat half as much as we used to eat before. But if we eat half as much, it will take us through the season until the harvest. Please, oh, I wish there were some honest women in this house. Lady, remember me. If the food is there, eh, but you're only going to give your boys half, or I should even say one third, what you normally have given them. But there's some there. Would you do it? Oh, no. They have to eat them before. Please, they didn't hear you in the house. They have to be four. <laughs> no, it's true. When the children come and start crying and saying, that's what I'm feeling, hungry, the, the women, we will go inside, they will take the food, and then all of us will be hungry together two months before the famine, the, 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 the new harvest. We will all die. It's the father who can say that they are crying. Give them water to drink. Mm. <laughs> Please say it. Even when they eat and they tell you that they are full, you keep asking, are you sure? Eat more. Make sure that your plate... That's the mother. That's the mother. So you imagine, the food that is left, there are four months before we're going to get any fresh food. Are you here? And the father has calculated, if I let us reduce what we are eating now, all of us will not be full, but we will eat every day till harvest. That's the father. When you are crying, say, look, go and get uh, some uh, dawa dawa powder. They should just put it in their mouth and drink water. <laughs> but we, and what I'm saying is not true. We, the thing is there. We'll be, we will, ah. Please tell the brother, not here, not here, not here. Eh? Oh, you're not there. And I'm saying to you that because God is the father to the fatherless, 
He needs you to go and bring them for him to Father. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And that is why you should learn to not criticize people who are preaching and people who are trying to do the work of God. Don't criticize them. Don't criticize them. Why am I saying don't criticize them? Because if God was calling you, you won't go. That's why sometimes he has to call those who didn't go to school. Or those who didn't have as much schooling as you have had. Or those who maybe they are divorcees. So just, just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut. Number six, God is looking for somebody to take pity on the brokenhearted. Psalm 69, verse 20. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Many hearts are broken. Amen. Many things can break your heart. And when it is like that, you need, you need somebody. Amen. Some of you, you wait until your friend is in a crisis. To now tell the person, oh, you can call my pastor. You can text my pastor. Why didn't you say it earlier? Anyway, you did well for saying. Some don't say at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, are you here? Or you don't have that broken heart? You can almost die from it. Yeah. They say that some people have died from a broken heart before. Yeah. When too many bad things happen, one after the other after the other, at times, the person is not able to get up. The person is brokenhearted. And it's in the house of God that they'll find somebody who God will use to just put that person together again. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Yeah, and that is why I'm talking to those of you who are not students anymore. You're a little older. You have moved on. You are needed in the household. You are needed in the house. Some of you have made yourselves just chair warmers, but you have so much that you can do to just help these young people. Amen. Hey, the church has become quiet again. Yeah, so much you can do. It's not everything that's money. Something is just counsel. Sometimes I find that many young people, all that I do is to give them hope. All that I do is to tell them that I believe in you. You can do something. Change your mind. Somebody loves you. Somebody thinks about you. Hallelujah. It's not rocket science. It's not magic. <laughs> Amen. Are you there? Yeah. Amen. So when people's hearts are broken, you need to be there. You need to be there. Well, it's true. Sometimes we, ju- we have people we just send to just, just go and be with this person. Just go and visit this person. Just go. Because pastors, it's not simple. If all of you were to be calling me, I've been awake since around 2.30 this morning. Yeah. Somebody very close to me, her father had an accident. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I mean, I normally wake up over something or other. And I saw the pictures and I was, my God. So this man, who will go and see him? What will happen? They said, the man is on oxygen. I was like, I started praying. I said, Lord, please, don't let him die. Don't let him die. Intervene. But it's happening over and over. And it's not everybody that one can even be awake for. Hey, we have to sleep small. <laughs> yeah. I've had situations where the person is coming and saying, listen, text Lady Reverend Homi now. Because I need somebody who will pray. You are there. You are not doing anything. You can't pray. But you have made yourself a selfish African. Please, turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you a selfish African? (laughs) Only thinking about you, yours, and yai. That's all. (laughs) Hey, you can do something. You can do something. Yeah, that's why the people who I send to go and visit people are so precious to me. Yeah, because they, they, they help me. 
They help me. I can see that this person needs a little love. This one needs a little help. This one needs a little something. I can't be there. I can't be everywhere. So I just appreciate it. I can send you. Go. Just go. Go and do it. And it's working. Some of you have been visited, oh? Hallelujah. Point number seven. Matthew chapter nine. I'm reading from verse 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Point number seven, God is looking for more laborers and workers to help the weak sheep. Hallelujah. To help the weak sheep. And that's why as you are here this morning, I am asking you, I'm saying that next week Sunday, don't come alone. Amen. Don't come alone. Let yourself be one of the people who is working for the Lord. And I need to tell you that that person who has made her face can't pay. Do you understand what can't pay is? That one. That one is in more need. More need cry. All that whatever. Drama. It's just to camouflage something. That's the one you should catch and bring. Hallelujah. Are you here? Don't be put off at all. Don't be put off at all. Tell the person, I'm taking you to my pastor. Yeah, I'm taking you to my pastor. Are you here? And that's why next week Sunday, next week Sunday you must sweat a little before you get to church. Sweat a little. Call somebody. It's the Sunday before exams. And I'm saying to you that it's our last Sunday to catch some people for Jesus. It's our last. I said, some, when they finish these exams and they leave, they are finished school, they are exiting straight unto damnation. That's true. Because as they get older and start to work and things, it's like even church going cry. It won't even happen. It won't even happen. So let a little desperation catch you. Are you with me? Let something, you just decide that next week Sunday, I'm one of the laborers for the Lord. I'm one of those who's going to catch one or two people. Hallelujah. You'll be amazed how many people are here this morning who are here because somebody called them. Who are here because somebody cared enough to come back for them. Somebody cared enough not only about themselves. I mean, what should make somebody walk from Yami Meku to campus on a Sunday morning? Are you out of your mind? Who's going there? I mean, save your money. Tomorrow you can use it. What will make them walk or use their money to go? It's in the hopes of just catching somebody, talking to somebody, bringing one more person. Hallelujah. And I tell you, one of the things I'm sharing as I'm closing, it is the way to be most blessed. Amen. Most blessed, yeah, before God. Amen? Amen? Some of us, all our treasures are here on earth. Mm. All our treasures are here on earth. If something should happen right now, your poverty will be total. And I beg you, we are not above something happening. I got a text. How many of you remember Reverend Eric? Yeah, he was here last year. I got a text from him very early yesterday. Mommy, cyclone. What? It wasn't either. It was another name. The cyclones are given names. 
And then he said, it has passed. By the grace of God, we have survived. Yeah, some of you don't know what a cyclone is. So go to school, please. Use your phone for something proper. Go on to Google and check it. But it's a very wild weather situation. Nine people died. And even that, they are saying that they evacuated an entire city of 1.2 million people. Sorry, not an entire part of the city. Their cities are whole. A city in India is like the whole of Ghana. 26 million, 25 million here. But when they looked, they studied where the thing was going to pass and they moved 1.2 million people. That's the entire population of Kumasi and a few more. They moved them and because of that, the people didn't die. But in Mozambique, the people died. I'm just saying that you don't know what will happen. And they are saying that the village, the, so the towns are flat. There's nothing. There's nothing. So now where you go after? And that's why I'm saying to you that, should it be, God forbid, God forbid, God for really bid, that you lose everything. Your treasures in heaven must be secured. And that you can only get by spiritual work. Next week, Sunday, I hope I'll be standing here to watch you sitting beside your one person, two people, and three people who you have brought to the kingdom of God. Stand to your feet. You just want to bow down your head this morning or this afternoon. I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to God. The Lord has need of you. He needs somebody. And today I want you to tell the Lord that, Lord, you can depend on me. You can depend on me. You can depend on me. Talk to the Lord this morning. Start to talk to him about the two, three people who you are thinking about. He will even tell you, this brother, this sister, they will all help you. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. It's not time for chatting. It's not time for anything. Just talk to the Lord about yourself. And say, Lord, show me who I should bring next week. Who is that person, the broken-hearted one? Some are not broken-hearted, but you are saving and rescuing them before they get to that point. And, and, and God has somebody there with your name on it. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to the Lord this morning. Tell the Lord that, Lord, you can depend on me. Depend on me to bring this one, two, three. If you can bring five, it's even better. Ten is even great. Forty-two is even nice. One hundred is great. Just bringing them to the house of God. And today you're going to say, Lord, help me. Show me who. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Anoint me, Lord. Talk to the Lord about that person you've been afraid to talk to all this time. Let every spirit of fear drop. Talk to the Lord. Lord, I say, Lord, you can depend on me. You can depend on me, Jesus. You can depend on me. Even as you are speaking, He's sending the angels who will help you. Talk to Him this afternoon. He's sending you the help that you need. Somebody, Lord. Depend 
can depend on me. You can depend on me. It's our promise we are making to him. Depend on me. Jesus. I know you need somebody. I know you somebody. need somebody. Oh Lord, I know you need somebody. Oh yes, I know you need somebody. You got to have somebody. Lord. You can depend on me. Tell him one more time. You can depend on me. You can depend on me. For the very last time, tell the Lord you can depend on me. You can depend on me. Jesus, you can depend on me. Jesus, Jesus, I know you need somebody. Oh Lord, I know you need somebody. You got to have, you got to have somebody. Father, I pray that you will be able to depend on us to do what we must do. Next Sunday, the Sunday after that, Lord, and every day, every day, Lord, that you will depend on us so that what your will is and what your aim on this earth is, it will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here this afternoon, but you have not given your life to Jesus. Maybe you have been a Christian for a long time. Christian in quotes because you are not a Christian because you received Jesus but because you grew up in church. God doesn't have grandchildren. You need to make your own confession to the Lord and your own profession of faith to him to be his child. And so if you are here this afternoon listening to the sound of my voice and you are not sure that if Jesus were to come tonight or if it was your time to have your appointment in heaven today, you're not sure whether you'll be going to heaven or to hell. Please don't leave here without settling this issue. That's why I'm inviting you at this time to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus, just lift up your right hand where you are. You want to give your life. It's just a prayer. Just lift up your right hand. Lift it up so I can see it. Lift it up. 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 Just lift it. God bless you. God bless you. If your hand is lifted up, I want you to come from where you are. Let the ushers and pastors lead you and guide you. And just come and stand in front here and we'll pray together. Just come. Your hand was lifted up. You're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just come from where you are. Just come. Come and stand and give your life to him. Just come. Just come. Maybe you are saying that I've even been in church all along, but I'm just not sure. Come, come, come. Step out.
I'm just waiting for you because you are in the congregation. Your heart is beating. You are thinking that your friends are the ones. They'll be laughing at you. I want to encourage you to step away from them. This has nothing to do with them. Each one of us will stand before God alone. Leave those friends right now and come. Leave those thoughts behind and come. Just stretch out your feet, your, your foot and come. And we will pray together. God bless you as you come. As we sing it one more time, I'm inviting you to come and receive Jesus. You're not coming unto a man or a woman. You're coming unto Jesus. Come unto Jesus. trying to continue but I'm just not I just feel somebody you are struggling you are struggling I know that struggle many of us here we know that struggle we felt it before just come that's why I made I said it was the last but I made them sing it again just because of you Jesus loves you enough to let us hold on and just wait for you and I, I can just feel it that you are there yes more have come but you 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 are there come sing it one more time let him have his way On behalf of the Lord, come to Jesus. Come, come. Give him your life today. Give him your life today. God bless you. God bless you. Come, come, come. Standing in front here this morning, I want to pray with you. Just give me a minute. I want you to pray this prayer after me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, from today, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for each one that has come to you this afternoon. May they never go back. May they never fall back. As they have come to you, Father, one day may they stand in heaven before you and hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now we 
believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at Ethel Ayudiasi. God richly bless you.